Welcome back to another episode of Riding the Wall. Uh, once again, I'm Chad. I'm Justin. And we're going to talk some more NASCAR. Um, last week, Darlington, I'm not going to go over everything about the race, but uh, the ending was caused a little conversation, controversy, whatever you want to call it. Um, very good race. Excellent race. Uh, yeah, of course, it's Darlington, so you always right. expect a really good good race tight racing um i prefer the night race there just because i'm a i'm a nighttime setting kind of guy yeah but i mean it made for it the retro race is always fun but uh if i had to choose between the two i'd go southern 500 over the retro you know just because i like the nighttime yeah just racing at night just has a whole different feel you know and it's to me, it's a much better feel. Yeah, it gives Any, you a small town feeling. You know? Yeah, anytime you're racing under the lights is just so much better. But um, So I'm going to go on a soapbox for just a minute here. Um, because after Darlington, a few things happened that made me kind of scratch my head. Um, of course, if by now I'm sure everybody has seen the end of the race where on the first restart we had... Larson was on the inside front row, and Ross Chastain was on the outside front row. And those two kind of have a history, right, over the past few weeks. Um, and it didn't slow down at Darlington. So on the restart, Kyle Larson kind of, he holds Ross to the wall pretty tight all the way to the very end, the very last second to where then he has to start turning. Right. Being a talented driver. Yeah, and, you know, he's the high... The high line is the preferred line yeah. at Darlington, and Larson's on the inside, so he has to create uh, an advantage it, right for Ross right. or an advantage for himself either way. So he kind of does both that by holding Ross to the wall. He takes Without the turn. Touching him. Well, I think he. I think he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to not touch him, but. Well, I mean, there's a difference between hitting him and holding him. You know. Right, and he held him pretty tight. He, I'm. I'd say I know there was contact between the cars that Larson initiated. I don't recall if there was contact for Ross hitting the wall. I don't recall that. There may have been. I may be wrong. I don't know. But uh, so we get that restart going, and then that's when we have the big wreck that uh, takes out Truex and uh, and others, Logano and a few others, but uh, and hurt Harvick's car pretty bad. Yeah. He was able to continue, but he it Harvick definitely would, Harvick would have won that thing. I think he his would have. car would have been in the same shape yeah. as everybody else's. If he didn't get no damage from that wreck, I think he yeah. probably would have won that race, or at least he would have been there to have something to say about it. So we have that wreck, and then we have another restart. So now we're swapping positions. Ross is on the inside, and Larson's on the outside, and I don't fault Ross for doing what he did. He did the exact same thing to Larson that Larson did to him on the previous restart. He held him to that wall. There was contact. Um, I would I would chalk both of them up to racing contact, um, both restarts. But they were racing, in my eyes. They were racing. They wasn't? Yes. And at this point now... controversial, they were racing. Right. They were racing hard for the win at Darlington. It's just how it goes, you know. Um, and now we're under a green-white checker. Stakes are just a little bit higher than they were on the last restart. So Ross does the same thing to Larson that, that Larson did to him 
holds him up to that wall. There's contact with the cars. May have been contact with Larson in the fence. Not sure. Um, don't recall definitively enough to say. But um, probably was. But it that doesn't really matter at this point. So they come down into the turns one and two. Ross takes the apron. He goes down so low he's on the apron. And Larson stays high. So then Ross comes up to try to get position in front of Larson coming out of two, right? That's just what you do at Darlington. He's, he's doing what he's supposed to do. He goes up a little bit high, makes contact, takes himself out, takes Larson out, and then um, Byron goes around, ends up winning the race. So all of that is okay. It's racing. Um, you know, Ross got a little bit aggressive with his move coming from the apron all the way up to to Larson because he admitted after the race that yeah he he tried to pinch him off so that way he could get that advantage and had he got that advantage he would have won the race right but he didn't take into account that Larson had enough space there that he didn't have to back up he didn't have to let off of it he could hold his ground and it was just a misjudgment on Ross's part and he admitted that after the race so here's where I get to my soapbox everybody I don't know where I stand with Ross Chastain. In my mind, I don't know where I'm at. And I've never really felt like this about a driver before because I either like them or I don't like them. I don't really root against anybody, but there's a lot of them out there I don't really root for. right? So I, I, I've said this all along. I'm a Larson fan. I'm a big Kyle Busch fan now that he's on the Chevy side. He's on the good side of things. So those are my two drivers. Now, Larson and Ross Chastain for the past few weeks, months, seems like it has involved them too. And I think Larson was so pissed off that he just left. He didn't even give a post-race interview. It's best to do that. If yes. You give him an hour. Give him half an hour. You yes. Know, something. He's so pissed off, he just got on the plane and said, I'm out of here. I'm not talking right. about it today. I mean, he's, he's already got in trouble for his mouth once. And mm -hmm. it ruined his, you know, it, at the time, it ruined his career. Yeah. You know, so, I mean. And maybe this was a lesson learned from that. Exactly. Yeah. So Larson is, hands down, one of the top, three to five most talented drivers on that track every week. It don't matter what course you put him on. I mean, he's it's too detrimental for that man's family to let his mouth ruin it. Yeah. And that's not just Kyle. That's That would be me and you as yeah. well. I, right. I, I wouldn't. I'd get kicked off a pit crew. You know what I'm saying? Because you'd hear my mouth all the way from the wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. Sorry, Chad. No, you're fine. Um but so I don't know where I stand with this guy because last year, all of last year, we had the whole Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin back and forth feud, right? And I thought that was kind of funny at the time. Yeah. I, it was humorous to me, and that's kind of what the sport needed—something to laugh at, whatever. Um, and that came to a head earlier this year when Denny put him in the wall and then admitted to it, which I still believe that fine was a bunch of BS. But um, yeah. but he admitted to it, but. Which goes back to my story from last week where I hit the guy after the checker flag. He never touched me again. Kind of same thing happened with Denny and Ross. Ross has not touched Denny since that happened because right. Denny showed him, hey, I will put you in the wall and I don't care to do it. Yeah. You know what? Don't bother I'll me. I'll even talk about it. Yeah. I'll brag about it afterwards. <laughs> I'll I don't care. I'll to do it. <laughs> so, and so that, that kind of seemed to end. But then after that, it seems like Ross has just been hitting anybody and everybody. I mean, he's hitting even people like Brennan Poole. He's been taking out... 
Chat, uh, Kyle Larson past few weeks, even if he's not directly hitting Larson, he's hitting someone that ends up taking Larson out, right? So we get all that, and and everybody says if you're going to drive like that, just own it, and I agree with that. Yeah. If you're going to be that aggressive, own it. So this week at at Darlington, that's kind of what he did. He said, "Yeah, I'm I meant to push to pinch him to the wall. I didn't mean to wreck him. I didn't mean to spin myself out. Just got a little tight there." So he owned up to it, so I applaud him for that. But at the same time, he's taking my driver out, so I don't like him for that. But he's coming around. He's, he's, he's evolving. He's, yes, he's learning. He's, he's uh, Unfortunately, he's learning by making these mistakes, but he is learning, and he's... If you're going to be that aggressive, like everybody says, and like I said, I agree with, own up to it, and he's starting to do that, right? So, and then we go back to... What two weeks ago at Kansas when post race activity with him and Gregson, the one punch fist fight, that um, and he even said after that, my team owner says this team don't back down from nobody. Okay, I applaud that too. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna run with the big Stand boys, you better be a big boy. Yeah, and that's what he's doing. He's doing that the whole time. So now we're we're kind of getting a glimpse into the windows of the track house garage, right? You got Justin Marks, team owner, saying we're not going to back down from nobody. And that's exactly what his drivers are doing every week. And it seems to be getting Ross in trouble because he's doing what his team owner wants him to do. So now post-Darlington, Larson jumps on the plane for his benefit and gets out of Dodge. You got Rick and, uh, Rick. You got Rick and Jeff, Rick mm-hmm. Hendrick, Jeff Gordon, doing the post-race interviews right they're taking questions and somebody asked rick about chastain and and the way he's driving his aggressiveness and and taking larson out week after week and he even he i don't have the quote right here in front of me but to sum it up he says he's not going to win a championship by doing that he's making too many enemies out there he just don't have he's got all the skills in the world he just don't have the talent to to do it right, basically. To sum it up, that's not the exact words that he used. And then somebody else asked about, is Chevy going to intervene? Which, my opinion, Chevy don't need to intervene. Um, but it is weird that Chastain just keeps taking out Chevrolets week after week. So, once that question got asked, Rick Hendricks says, I don't give a damn if it's Chevrolet, Toyota, or Ford. Somebody's going to take my drivers out. I'm going to tell my drivers stand their ground. We're not going to play this game. To sum it up again, um, and he looked like he was mad. Obviously, I don't know Rick Hendrick personally, but he he looked mad. He sounded a little. He his, should be. Yeah, he should be. His answers were That's shortened to money. the point. That's his his and Jeff's money out there. Yes, yeah. yes, and so Rick says all that right after the race on Sunday, and then first thing Monday morning on Sirius XM, they were talking with Justin Marks. So now Justin Marks says. We're having difficult conversations with Ross Chastain. There's a few things that he needs to clean up, a few things that he needs to do a little bit better and improve on, and we're we're starting to have those conversations with him now. So this is where I get to my whole point. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be don't give your drivers rules that you can't follow as a team. Practice what you preach. If you're going to tell your drivers that we don't back down from anybody, then you need to do the same thing. 
just because Rick Hendrick spoke, what does that, why is that any different than any other driver? Why is that different than Rick Ware or the Wood Brothers or... Right, I mean, or Joe Gibb maybe last right. year with the whole Denny Hamlin thing. You know, although Joe Gibb never spoke out about it, and Rick finally did, um, it's just kind of showing the hypocrisy of Justin Marks where you're going to tell your drivers, go out here and you run in the front. I don't care what you got to do to get there, if, if that's exactly what he told him. Of course, I don't know. And then once a little bit of heat comes your way and... and you know, it starts getting a little bit warm in your seat. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to start backing down from someone like Rick Hendrick, who is technically your equal as far as title goes. Right, as you far know, as I mean, job title, yeah. Right, as far as job title. Obviously, Justin Marks is not Rick Rick's, Hendrick. Rick's got a lot more skin in the game. You know, yes. he's been around a lot longer. He's got a lot more experience. Um, probably a lot more respected just from his time and endurance in the sport. Yeah. You know. So when Rick talks, everybody listens, obviously, and that's expe- to be expected. Absolutely. And it always will from from this point I mean, forward. I don't ever turn his call turn his call down. No. You know? No, you got to answer that call right. every time. But and that's just my whole point to being on this soapbox for however long I've been on it now is the hypocrisy of Justin Marks, who if if I'm a team owner, yes, I want to run with the big boys. I want to be the big boys. I want to be the team that everybody's talking about and if that's the approach that i'm going to take that we're not backing down well by god if my driver's out there in a fist fight on pit road guess who's going to be right there with him right i'm going to be right there but, throwing too but you know it's it's odd too i mean that justin marks is the only one saying this but he's got just like rick Hendricks has jeff gordon as a shareholder a business partner justin marks has Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. You know, what? what's his take on it? You know, if you're going to be in the sport, be in the sport. You know what I mean? So Right. Just like Michael Jordan is. Right. Michael yeah. Jordan doesn't give two shits. You know, he'll say exactly how he feels, mm-hmm. and he's got skin in the game. You know, I mean, before his first sit-down interview with Bubba Wallace, one of his drivers, he told him, just remember, I don't write paychecks to losers. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this on previous episodes, mm-hmm. but... That's how Michael Jordan thinks, and that's how Michael Jordan speaks. And that's a good thing. I yep. want black and white. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want any gray area. I want you to say, I'm your team owner. This is what I want. Now, if you tell me this behind closed doors, I expect you to have my back when we go out on the track. Exactly. 100%. If you don't, when contract negotiations come up, we're... we're Looking at other options. Then you start having trust issues. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, you're you're throwing me out here on this track. You're you're giving me great equipment. I'm showing you what I can do as far as talent-wise. But if there's the slightest bit of controversy, I expect you to be the first one to speak on my behalf. I'll do what I need to do on the track or in pit road. But when things get crazy in the media or meetings or whatever i expect you to have my back 100 percent, and that don't seem to be where we're at now it was it seemed to be that that's how it was until rick spoke right so why is justin marks all of a sudden backing down he's not practicing what he's preaching and i that to me takes a little bit of respect away from justin marks as far as how i view it yeah now as far as ross goes i like ross chastain i do Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's a talent. 
Um, I think he's a young talent. I think he's got some maturing to do, like a lot of guys on that track. You know, you're going to have that in every sport. But what I think Ross needs to do is Ross is, Ross is fast every week. And again, just like Kyle Larson was talking about, no matter what track you put him on, he's fast. And he's a threat to win. Right. I mean, he's he's won at Talladega. He's won road courses. He's won mile and a half. So, I mean, the, the dude can drive. Yeah. I think what would help Ross the most is he needs to work on his finesse. Yes. You know, because every talented driver has to... You have to have, be fast. You have to know how to drive fast, and you have to know how to listen to your spotters. Um, have to know how to listen to your crew chief. But the fact is, he has fast cars every week. Now, me and you could go out there, put that thing in high gear, and hold that pedal down and go around a track. Right. We could do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but but. If you watch and you've paid attention to the talented drivers, take Kyle Busch, for instance. You know, he's a perfect example. That guy can weave in and out of traffic and let off and hold down exactly at the right times. And that's that's what you have to be good at to win a championship and to also keep those relationships on the track healthy. Yeah. So if, if Ross Chastain needs to work on anything to me it's his finesse because he's got all the talent in the world to make it and the equipment right and it's mm-hmm. obvious he's got the equipment he's 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 got all the tools to have a damn good career but every athlete has something they need to improve on mm-hmm. and his is finesse yes because in order to win that championship or win that race you have to have a car that's there at the end Right. You know, and if you don't have that finesse, you're just out there beating the tar out you of your five, car. You got five enemies on that track. That car ain't going to be worth a shit at the end. I promise right. you. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And even if they're not hitting your car, it's kind of like what Larson did at Dover. He's going to hold you up long enough that you ain't going to have a chance at winning. You're going to wreck it yourself. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So, that's just, I don't know. I was thinking about that, what, yesterday? Just sitting around random thoughts because that's what goes through my head all the time just yeah, random it was weird stuff, you know when you called me and you was like hey i need to talk to you about something. he was in the shower and he was he's like i need to call you i've been thinking about ross chastain i'm like why are you thinking about ross in the shower for chad it's, it's weird man you just <laughs> <laughs> now you're telling not... my secrets <laughs> uh, not really i just had to but no i was having fun with chad yeah i was thinking about that and i thought you know wow if my boss told me to go out here and do this and then as soon as i do it he's gonna cower that's you know it tells me a lot about my boss so right he's probably gonna get stunned in the parking lot yeah and i i don't mean stun gun i mean a stone cold stunner. stone cold stunner right. yeah well he, he yeah but that's that's what i was thinking about with that and i just wanted to get that out there i just wanted to vent yeah, yeah. vent about it because that's a, that's a really good observation and opinion, though. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, a lot of people have probably seen the headlines and read a little bit or listened to a little bit about it, but no, I think I think you're you hit that nail right on the head. And I haven't heard anybody else say that. You know, you hear, of course, 
all week long it's just dominated the news as far as NASCAR goes, the whole Ross Chastain stuff. And nobody ever that I know of pointed out the hypocrisy there of Justin Marks. So that's going to be something interesting that I'm going to pay attention to. And and I kind of know why he did it because he's driving, you know, his team is putting out the Chevy cars, Chevy uh, products, but their engine comes from Rick Hendrick, right? Almost every Chevy on that track is built by Rick Hendrick right. and their engine building partners, which I believe Richard Childress has part in that. So so that's why he don't want to piss off Rick, because that's where he's getting his engines at. But if I'm Rick, as soon as that race is over, I'm going to put every one of them damn engines that are done and ready to go out on a dyno. Might tune a couple of them down about 20 horsepower and send them to the one team, you know. <laughs> Say, here you go, son. You ain't catching nobody now. <laughs> but uh, but no, that's just my observation. I wanted to get that out there. And I just want to see what your thoughts were on that. Uh, I like it. But, I think uh, you're right on the money with that. But another thing with Darlington is you see that uh, manufacturer tally there at the top of that board. Chevy gets another one. And that another one being the number 24 car 100th win yeah that's true yeah. i forgot about that yeah that was a uh, 100th win for the 24 car now i think jeff got 92 of those yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean william byron man he's he's young and he's quiet and i know you have bad luck with him in the fantasy th- every time and i almost world. picked him i and, almost picked him well i wish you would have because he wouldn't won you know yeah so. that's true <laughs> <laughs> but i tell you what William byron is he's 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 doing great this year what is that his third win this third year? win this I year mean, yeah. that's that's fantastic for a young guy yeah and brings. i'm not a chevy guy but i'm a fan of you know I, I i love to see these young guys doing good and, yeah you know yeah and i think i think noah gregson will do really good once he's in get your haircut <laughs> Well, once he lets it grow out a little bit, or just shave it all the way off, <laughs> you can't go to Victory Circle with a bowl cut. But um, that brings Chevy to eight. Brings Chevy to eight wins. Toyota four wins. Ford still has one. Got any thoughts on that? You need you need to go call somebody, tell them how to tune them cars up, or what? No, no, they'll get it. Smoke's on. It? Smoke's on it. Don't worry about that. Okay. I, don't I mean, know. I know he's got. I know he's got his head in the in the in the drag world right now yeah but uh smoke knows knows who to call all right so i'll leave it in their hands penske's good you know all them guys know what they're doing uh keselowski i almost took him for the race and i wish i would have you know he got fourth and last week when we talked you asked who was my who was my who could win this race at darlington and brad was one of them that i mentioned yeah and I mean, he performed, you know, he was, like I said, I mean, he was, he wasn't up front the whole race, you know, he's, you know, he was hovering there in 15th to 12th for a while, but, um, it don't matter where you start, right? Yep, that's right. But for him to get fourth, I was pretty impressed with that, but it's, it's a rough year for Ford, but they'll get there. Yeah. Well, my whole race, I was watching it and I, I picked Denny Hamlin to win, but, um, and he statistically, he's the best one at Darlington. Well, he just did nothing but drop back and drop back, and I kept waiting and waiting and waiting for him to make this move. And for once, his crew 
didn't screw him over. They didn't make any mistakes that, as far as I know of, on pit road. But he just didn't have the car to do anything, and he just kept falling back and falling back. And if it wasn't for those late race uh, wrecks that was taking everybody out, well, he was so far back he could just slow down, drive through them. Right. Ended up finishing what twelfth or something like that. Well, I mean, but, I took Tyler Reddick, and he was doing great the whole race. He was staying right yeah. up here in the top five. You know, the whole race until that. And because he was in the top five is why he got exactly. in that wreck. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people see it or not, but you kind of touched on this a little bit ago when we started this podcast. But uh, I mean, to me, you know, who's which drivers doing more for Ford than anybody? Who's that? Ross Chastain. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps wrecking the Chevys. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's Ford's MVP this year so far. <laughs> Yeah, I do think Ford's going to get him a win this weekend at, at the All-Star race. Um, it's a million dollars on it, bud. million dollars on the line, that's going to be a damn good race. And I'll tell you right now who I think is going to take this All-Star race. Go ahead. Ryan Blaney. Really? You I think do. he's going to make it two in a row? I do. And I'm not saying that because he won last year. Just Ryan, Ryan fits this format really well. And it's almost like he don't have that chip off his shoulder yet that monkey off his back of not having that win yet you know what i'm saying yeah and he can go out there and no weight on his shoulders that's just this race fits his personality so well and i mean the kid is fast oh yeah i mean he's a fantastic racer and you know when kevin harvick you know sits at you know he's retiring this year it's his last go around on the track and um you know, Blaney and Briscoe are going to be my guys. You know, I, I, Blaney's awesome. I liked him. Yeah, since I he like started, Blaney. You know, um, but Briscoe, you know, he's a Stuart Haas driver and hometown kid. Yeah. got to love it. He's slipping a little. I think we need to break a finger. You know, yeah, I mean, he I'm, seems I'm, to drive I'm, I'm damn not, good with nine fingers. Yeah, I'm not above that. We see him in uh, Bristol this year again. Got to. I'm not above... Uh, Wait till after he gives you an autograph, and then just grab that hand and just break yeah. one or two. You know, he might win. You break two. Right. So. And you know, if I if I like you and appreciate you and want you to do well, it, a, a broken finger is a small price. Right. We've talked about what happens to people I don't like. They get ass punched, and yeah. that's been on a couple <laughs> of these discussions. And nobody, still looking for that taker. Right. Nobody yeah. can drive with an ass punch, Mm-mm. and. So you think Blaney might win this weekend at the All-Star Race? I do. I'll tell you who I think is going to win it. I think Joey Logano is going to win it. Ford guy. I don't normally say a Ford's going to win, but... Well, it's North Wilkesboro. No, no driver out there on this circuit has drove on this track in an NASCAR yet. Right. So. so. And every time we do something new, Bristol Dirt... The clash at the Coliseum. Who yeah, wins a, that first he, one? Yeah, it's always Logano. It's always Logano. He, I don't know what he's doing, what his secret is, but he has some kind of power over these new well, races. But, you know, one thing, and I'm not a Logano fan. We've talked about this a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I respect him. I won't. I, I do won't, now. I, I respect him as far as he's a talent. But he, I, I feel like maybe he just learns... Well, he feels that track. He learns that track so much faster than 
the people on the track with him. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like he could pick out the fast line very, fa- very quick. And he, he knows how to communicate with his crew really good on how to, hey, when I come in, this is what I need to do for my car for the long haul, you know. Right. So. I think, um, I just think it's going to be a very fun race. There's been two races that I really circled on my calendar and I've been looking forward to all year long since last year. Uh, number one was the Bristol Fall Race because we're going to be there, yeah. and that's always an exciting race. Well, I think uh, well, I think we might even get to give the Starcher Engines command this year. We might. We might. It's, stay tuned. You never know. But um, I, I look forward to that Bristol race, and I've looked forward to this race at North Wilkesboro just because it's North Wilkesboro and everything that surrounds it, you know. Yep. Um, and I think it's going to be a... Well, you and I remember North Wilkesboro. Yeah, we you are old enough to... <laughs> we watched that last race. That, unfortunately, Jeff Gordon won, but... Uh, yeah. Um, but, I mean, Jeff's another one of them talents that a lot of people don't like him, but you got to respect him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, that guy, 92 wins, that's insane. And... Yeah. You know, but just like how I was talking, Ross needed that finesse. It's like when Jeff came into NASCAR, he already had it. You know, I mean, he was fast. He had finesse. He was the golden child. You know, he you know he come in and you've got the Dark Knight. You know, the Intimidator Dale Senior. Right. <laughs> and he was just the perfect fit to that. So I mean, if it would have been somebody like Ross that came in to the Intimidator into NASCAR. It wouldn't have lasted no time. No. It, it wouldn't. It would have been squashed and no, two weeks. never talked about in two weeks. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. And um, especially in that time period. Oh, yeah. Dale would have put him through the wall. He wouldn't right. have put him into the wall. He wouldn't have put him over the wall. He would have put him through the wall. Right. And said, touch me again, boy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and, that's and, what I'm waiting for right now. I'm waiting for... And Ross would have still somehow ended up apologizing to Dale for it. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> and then just happen to hit him again next week. <laughs> but, and, and, I had a point that I was getting ready to make <clears throat> about Ross. You know, you say he needs that finesse, but, and, and I agree with that 100%. You're absolutely right. But when you've got a team owner that says, if they give you one inch, you take two. What what are you supposed to do? You know, he's doing now we're seeing that he's been doing everything he's been told to do. I mean, hell, even his own teammate got mad at him earlier this year. Yep. So that tells you a lot the heat should be more on Justin Marks just as much as it is on Ross Chastain because his actions are speaking volumes as far as Ross on the track. Absolutely. But now we're seeing where it's coming but from. But you know, just like one of these young drivers, um, Justin Marks was a new owner, you know? Yeah. Um, what, two years ago? Yeah. So, you're, you're one, you hit that nail on the head, just like I said a while ago, but, um, I'm, I'm going to say, give him, give him a minute to learn his environment. He's, I feel like he's, pushing the envelope right now but this past week he pushed too far and he learned it yeah so um you know i've 
Justin Marks may look at Rick Hendricks like a mentor. He very well may. We don't know. But... And there's nothing wrong with that. No, absolutely not. I mean, if you're going to have a mentor in this sport, I mean, that's a damn good one. Yep. So, um, I'm going to say let's see how, how it folds out and see what Justin learns from this. And maybe it'll make the team better. Maybe it needed to happen. You know, yeah. and it, it maybe it wouldn't have benefited coming from anybody but Rick because he is that guy to Justin Marks, you know. So, That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, it had Joe Gibbs. I was scared to death this year <clears throat> that Ty Gibbs, and, you know, I talked about it early, earlier, early in this season. Ty Gibbs, you know, he had this notorious reputation in the Xfinity Series just to plow over everybody, put his own teammates in the wall, just being a dick, you know. And I wasn't looking forward to this kid coming into the sport at all, not one bit. You know, he's on Grant Paul's team. He's a kind of a dick out there to even his own teammates. And I don't know this kid. Right. But he's obviously got some level of talent. Mm -hmm. So, but but I'll say he's proven me wrong. I haven't been very vocal about Ty Gibbs this year. I haven't spoke a lot about him, but um, he's he's put it out there in front of me to where I've got I've got a level of respect for the kid right now. I do. I agree and, with that. You know, he's went out there. He's raced every week. He hasn't made any headlines, good or bad. Right. You know? But I don't think he's touched anybody that right, I can tell. Right. You know. But, you know, the way his season ended last year was great on one hand, horrible on another, with him losing his father. You know, it's a horrible situation, but he won the Xfinity Championship. But the way way it all happened was, I mean, even his own teammates wanted to kick his ass. Mm -hmm. And you can't be like that at the monster energy level. You know, because you're going out there with guys that are old enough to be your dad, and they will put a boot in your ass. Yeah. And he has he has changed my opinion of him so far this year. He's went out there and he's learned. He's he's watching these guys in front of him. He he ain't won nothing, you know. But I don't hold that against him. He's he's behind these guys, watching how they're doing this. He's learning every week, and mm-hmm. you know it just like I know it. Two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, this kid might be winning twice might, a month. Yeah, you know? he might be doing the same thing that Larson's doing right now. Right. And, yeah. you know, for, you know, I, I kind of look at Ty Gibbs and Justin Marks right now in the same light. Justin Marks just been there for a couple years longer at this level. And maybe he, maybe he overstepped. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he's sitting in the garage right now thinking, team meeting, we need to discuss this, you know. And that's a pretty good comparison. I never really thought of it like that. That's that's a really good comparison. And along the lines of what you just said, I think Marks has, you know, when you step into that, you make that commitment to become an owner, you got a lot on your shoulders. And I think maybe he didn't anticipate this much success this quickly. You know, maybe he thought it's going to take five years before I'm running with Rick Hendrick. Right. You know, or three years or whatever the case may be. He was running right out of the gate. They were running with him. 
and that has something to do with these new cars but yet it also has something to do with the drivers that you have right because i mean you look at you know uh, brad doherty's team you know you look at the wood brothers team these guys have been around for years yeah especially the wood brothers and they're not you i mean even what is it uh Richard Petty Racing. What is it now? Uh, Legacy, Legacy Motor Racing. Club. Right, Legacy Motor Club. I still so, call it Petty. <laughs> right, but I mean, you look you look at teams like this that have been around for years, and they're not they're not competitive every week. And then you've got Trackhouse, who comes in two years ago, and they I mean, come kicking in the door they, like the party guys, right? You know? they, yeah, like the cops. <laughs> yeah. you know, <laughs> screw the party guys. They yeah, come in like the fucking police. You know, I mean it's. We're here, and we're gonna we're gonna show you what we can do. Right, and good for them on yeah. that, you know. Mm-hmm. But maybe it was just like you said, too much success, too quick, and they got they got confident, they got the ego that unfortunately sometimes goes with that. Yeah, and you know, I could see I could see a lot of people I know being like, "Screw it, boys! Don't back down from nobody. We own this track. We're the big dog now." And he just bit off more than he can chew when Rick, once Rick spoke up. Yeah, and and I'm not faulting that attitude at all. That's that's the attitude that you need to have to get to the top level and to stay at the top level. You know, I don't care who you are. You get in my way, you're in my way, and we're gonna we're gonna take care of that on the track. And finesse, I love that attitude. The finesse is what makes the difference. Yes, that when finesse. You can, when you can do it without causing any of the other people on the track problems, you're going to be a champion. Yes, and it won't take long for Ross to be a champion. Right, if, if he learns that skill. If he learns that finesse, like you said. And, and that perfect example is Dover when he ran over Brendan Poole. We were, mm-hmm. what, 60 laps into the race? Who cares if Larson is coming up on you? Let Larson go. Right. Race him at the end of the race. You don't you don't have to plow over people just to stay in front of Larson right now. Who cares? It's a long race. Let him go, race him at the end. And that's another one of those lessons that he's gonna have to learn. That lap sixty five is not the time to just demo derby your There's way no to the front. There's no checkers on sixty five. <laughs> right, lap lap sixty five don't pay nothing. Right. Lap four hundred pays a lot of money. So right. let's be there on that lap rather than sixty five. So. But that's one of those things that he's going to learn. And like you said, I think Justin Marks is also going through some learning curve right now, courtesy of Rick Hendrick and his... Uh, I mean, he's 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 lucky it was Rick and not Smoke. That's <laughs> because, true. <laughs> I mean, Rick, Rick uh, you know, I mean, to be as successful as a businessman as Rick Hendricks is, and Jeff Gordon, mm-hmm. for that matter, you have to have a set of, a set of balls on you to... Make these decisions, make these calls, stand your ground, know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Smoke. He's just going to put you right in the eye. Yeah, smoke's <laughs> just going to, he's just going to give it to you and walk away, you yeah. know. So, Justin Marks, if if you are listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, be glad it was Rick that you're learning from right now. Yeah. Yeah, Rick and Jeff are going to take a totally different approach than yeah. Tony Stewart. So, but that's why I love Tony, though. That's true. I mean, that's why he's, he's one got, of the great ones. You oh, know, yeah, and absolutely. we don't want to see him. We don't want to see him leave NASCAR because we need that 
that character. Yeah, we need that that uh, that personality, guy, that that reputation, and that. Yeah, he that, can he can wear the white hat, but he damn sure not afraid to rip that white hat off and throw a black one on and and be the bad guy if he needs to be. Right. In front of everybody. Yeah. He don't care. I love that about him. Yeah. So. He knows that. Yeah. We talk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so we've talked about Wilkesboro and who we think we're going to, who we think is going to win. Um, what are some of the things that you're expecting to see from this weekend? You know, what are. Just, just like you touched on a while ago, I'm expecting to see a lot of fun. I'm expecting to see a lot of drivers relaxed laughing they'll take it serious because they can't not take it serious it's right. their you know it's in them you know but and I you th- throw a million dollars on the line to the winner well, that's i tell you what that's a hell of a payday yeah there ain't much i wouldn't do for a million dollars right you know i can name two things i wouldn't do for a million dollars part of me wants to ask but part of me don't one of them is one of them is uh I never, I never lay a hand on my mama for a million dollars. Right. Know? I can't talk about the other one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think, I think just the way the whole thing is set up this week at Wilkesboro makes it interesting. You know, you got the pit crew challenge decides the qualifying order. I like that. I like that. Um, after lap one hundred, you're only allowed to put on one set of sticker tires, so that's going to put a lot of strategy into it. Um, Friday, and it's a short track. The, the the Friday night pit crew challenge is, yeah. is new this year too. You know that's going to determine, you know who gets the front two spots on pit road yeah. in the all star race. You know and that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I mean there ain't no qualifying, ain't no drawing, you know, or previous results, any of that shit going on. It's I think it's cool that they're involving the the, the whole team in it. You know? Yeah, yeah, and and. To have the two heat races, that's cool. It's going to give it that Saturday night feel. Um, I do, the only complaint that I have, and it's not really a complaint, it would, for me, it's just something that I would rather see. I would rather see this versus that. And these heat races are 60 laps long. I would rather see four heat races divide these cars up a little bit more because i don't know how many guys are going to be in these heat races i haven't looked too much into that but half the fields in one heat race half the fields in the other heat race right i would like to see more of a maybe a 25 lap heat race so that way there's a little bit more urgency on the track there's going to be a little bit more contact it's going to have that short track feel you got you're establishing the starting order for a million dollar race you know how crazy and hectic that can be in 25 laps then after those 25 laps whatever damage you've done on the track you've got and let's let's put a time limit on it let's do all of this in one night you know so that way after that heat race you've got half an hour to thrash on that car to get back out there for the feature or the actual all-star race which creates more of a Saturday night feel in my mind because yeah, I like that. that's how these local guys are, man. When you what? go when you go to the local track, like when we go to Brownstown, you see that guy that barely makes the feature or he just one spot away from the feature and he's got to go through the concy. He's thrashing on that car because he knows what's wrong with it. He's got to fix it and he's got a limited amount of time to do it. I love that thrash and I love walking through the 
through the pits and seeing these guys and crews. Some of them are just by themselves. You know, it's one guy bringing the car over and working on himself, or you might have four or five guys helping him, but they're thrashing on that thing. And they're as they're calling you to the lineup shoot, they're just now throwing on the hood, you know, because they just barely made it, and then they're rushing up there to get there. And the whole time, that driver's just hoping like hell that whatever fixes that they just did works. I would love to see a little bit of that. Yeah, because, you know? I mean, you do, four, you do four heat races. I mean, you're talking about eight to ten cars. Mm-hmm per heat race and that would be pretty pretty damn cool in a 25 lap race would it would it not be awesome on a on a half mile yeah you know i mean i would love that 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 would be awesome and and you don't draw which heat you're going to be in until well let's put go ahead ahead. until just before the start your engines command you know, you've got all, you know, however many of these cars lined up down through there, however many is going to race, and you divide that by four, or even three would be cool, three or four. Mm-hmm. You know, I would, I would, I would agree with you on the four, but when all these teams and all these cars are lined up down pit row, and you go down there and say draw a number, this, you know, it's got, it's got ten ones, ten twos, ten threes, and ten fours in it. Whatever number you draw, that's what heat you're in. Mm-hmm. Because now your team hasn't had time to adjust the car for more rubber on the track or less rubber on the track. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean, or what time of day it is? Is is it four p.m. or is it eight p.m.? Yeah. You know when it's cooler. So yeah. I like that. That would be a fun format. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm okay with seeing the the <clears throat> the pit crew challenge establishing a list like i don't know let's say there's gonna be 30 cars in this all-star race right so you've got these maybe 35 36 cars show up for this race some of them are going to be packing up and going home just like on the saturday night track this pit crew challenge establishes as far as their time a list from 1 to 38 and that's the order that you guys are going to run your your heat races or you know like you said because of this time you may be in the first heat race or the second heat race or the third whatever we don't know until these guys and it's all just boom 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 you know you do the the pit crew challenge then you're feeding right in you've got maybe 20 minutes so the the scores can get the list together and then as soon as that list is posted we're heat racing you don't have a clue who's in your heat race. You don't have a clue where you're starting in that heat race until about 10 minutes before the race starts. Right. And then it's like, oh, shit, give me my helmet. We got to go. And then you go out there. You run that heat race. And then after the heat races are done, make it four heat races, 25 laps apiece. Because that gives you the urgency. If you're starting towards the back of that heat race, you've got to get to the front quick and stay there. It puts that urgency. It's going to give that short track feel. You're going to get a lot of contact. You're going to get a lot of tempers flaring, stuff like that. And then as soon as you come off the track. Well, I mean, you know, when you're when you're in a 25-lap shootout, those guys are in the front four. You know, all they got to do is maintain their speed. So they got a good draw. But then you got five or six cars behind you 
that are trying to get that front four so they can make it to the feature. Now, mm-hmm. those are going to be the ones that piss you off. You know yeah. what I mean? But that that's that's where the excitement comes in and the personalities come in. And somebody like Ross Chastain, who we've talked about pretty much this whole episode, mm-hmm. you know, he, he can't be mad at anybody putting him in the wall because last year he put himself in the wall and made it to the championship four. Right. You know? I mean, yeah. how are you going to get mad at me for putting you in the wall when you put your own fucking car in the wall and, right. and made it work? Yeah. So somebody like Ross is going to do excellent at that. Whereas somebody like Chase Elliott, who goes out there and he's consistent every week, unless he got hurt. And, you know, you can always expect him to run up in the top, you know, yeah. every week in, week out. Um, Who's just, he's just going to cruise. He's going to buy his time. He's going to race like a professional and he's going to make it to the feature. But then you, like I said, you've got these cannonballs behind you that yeah, just want to make it hard on you and they're doing everything they can to get that million dollars. Can you imagine Ross Chastain starting in the back of a heat race? Good. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be exciting to be watch. You yeah. know, that, that would be so much fun in my mind. To make the whole thing just a one-night short track feel. And especially do it at a place like Wilkesboro, right. where we've anticipated this for what, a couple years now, would just be, oh man, that would be amazing. Yeah, it would. That would be amazing. It would be, it'd be, fun. be yeah, a lot yeah, of fun. Way, it would be way fun. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, stuff like that is what's going to keep the fans going going to these races and, and the all-star races. I mean, they're, it's all about fun. There's no pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, granted. They, well, it is they, for the drivers because they want that million-dollar check. Right. Everybody, but, every team out there wants that million-dollar check. But, you know, in the end, they're pretty chill and relaxed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's a, there's no points involved. There's no manufacturer's points involved. There's nothing like that going on. So, right. you, you get that breath off your neck for a little bit. And they can just go out there and they can do their best. And there's only going to be one winner. I mean, there's not going to be any stage points. There's not going to be any second, third, fourth place points. There ain't going to be none of that. Nope. It's you won and walk away. Winner take all. Yep. And that's, I love it. And just the excitement that that would bring. It would just, that'd be amazing. And and I've been saying it all year. I would like to see Wilkesboro come back as a points race. But even if they don't bring it back as a points race, even if it stays as just the all-star race every year, I'm fine with that, but I think there's still a few tweaks that we can make yeah. to make it more and exciting. And I, I think it'll happen. I think after this race, I think you'll see Wilkesboro back on the circuit. I think so, too, because it's... I'm not, the, I'm not the only one that's had this anticipation. Right, right. You know? But, you know, like, there's been talks about Rockingham being relaunched. Maybe, maybe this year we do it at North Wilkesboro... And next year he gets added to the circuit. Maybe next year we say Rockingham, we're going to do the All Star Race here, and the following year he gets added to the circuit. You know what I'm saying? That'd be fantastic. Yeah. You know, get that money rolling in. You know, I mean, because yeah, we, you know, you and I sitting here talking about it. We love the nostalgia of NASCAR. We love all the drivers and the sport as a whole itself. But it takes the the big picture is it as a as a businessman it takes money i mean no matter how many people you got there out there working on that track no matter how much the fans love a certain track 
it takes money to do all this. Yeah. So maybe this is the way they go about it. Yeah, because, and like you said with that point, you know, Bristol didn't start as a coliseum. Right. It started as a short track, just, you know, one side of the track had a few stands, bleachers, yep. you know, and it built to where it is now. And I think, <clears throat> like you said, with the business aspect of it, year after year, if everybody is just wanting to bring this North Wilkesboro back, it could be in that same same conversation as a Bristol because it has that short track feel. It started to where it is now. Well, started where it is now. That don't make sense, but you know, it is where it is now. But it can be so much more, you know, if they just allow it to grow. Um, I don't expect it to be at the level of Bristol, and I'm not saying that, but there's so much potential there that they can unlock. And I think that would be incredible if they did. And like, like you said, I would love to see a lot of these old old tracks that they used to run on come back just for nostalgia purposes um, and it throws the drivers off you know because like you said there's never been a driver there's not a driver out there right now that ran at north wilkesboro in a cup car right you know they're getting they're getting their feet wet this week with all these cars and these the cars tour and, and these other series that are running there but I bet I bet Larry Mack's phone hasn't shut off. Oh no, <laughs> hasn't been silent all week. You know Open up that book to North Wilkesboro. <laughs> because if there's anybody with any sense, team owners, crew chiefs, drivers, it don't matter. If anybody out there has any sense in that in that sport that has skin in the game, they they've been blowing up Larry Mack. Oh yeah, I'd definitely be the first person I'd be yeah. calling. Yeah. Because um, you know that you know that that North Wilkesboro folder. And his file cabinet is just chocked full of good stuff. Oh yeah, That'd yeah, and, and you know he's got that folder too. But I can, I can bet you, I'd bet you money, he wouldn't even have to open that folder. No, he'd know it by heart. Yep, it's all upstairs. I agree. I agree. Well, that's my that's my excitement for Wilkesboro. Is there anything on top of that that you're looking forward to? You're wanting to see, expecting to see. No, I just I just look forward to a fun, relaxing weekend. Yeah, you know, just like these drivers do. Um, and I hope we don't have a Ross Chastain story for next week. You know, I, I I want to see that guy just have maybe two or three weeks of just chill racing. Just go out there, do your job, and that's it. Right. You know, I think his job would be a lot more fun if yeah. he just did that. Right, but I mean, just you know, hitting on that again. I mean, he's got the He's got the equipment to run up front every week, and we know he can do it. But in order for him to have that stress-free week, he's got to learn that finesse. Yeah. And there ain't no two ways about it. I mean, it, this ain't something I watched him in one race and said, hey, this kid needs to learn this. You know, it ain't nothing about that. We've watched him for a few years now. Hell of a talent. I ain't taking nothing away from the guy, but he he needs to learn that finesse he needs to learn when to hold it down when to let off when to i don't maybe it's a spotter issue i don't know i mean could be i mean we don't know where but, the problem is exactly he's, maybe he's not the type of guy to put his spotter under the bus you no. know i mean we don't know i mean but, it took him this long just to put his team owner out there and said hey this is what my guy said right. this is what i'm gonna do so, so maybe maybe they need to look internally maybe ross needs to work on his finesse a little bit we don't know so yeah. only thing it'll tell us will be time yeah we keep watching every week yeah so 
Well, I'm still waiting on Smoke to call me getting a car one weekend. And when I'm out there with Ross, I can tell you exactly what his problem is. Yeah. I teach him a thing or two. I guarantee it. Yeah. Show him the Indiana way of racing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, our HR department probably wouldn't let that happen. I think he might let it slide once or twice. You think so? I think he might. I mean, he's not as bad as we, we make put, him out to be. But No, no, but we put him in that crew in that pit crew box upstairs. Oh, you Lord. Know, put, his, put the microphone on him to where, you know. That would be an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely tune into that radio. <laughs> Absolutely. He'd, he'd tell you what to do. And yeah. he'd stand behind it, I promise you that. I guarantee that. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, you know, after this Wilkesboro race, then we get back to business. The Coke 600. Coke 600, Memorial Day weekend. Is anybody doing the double this year? The Indy 500 that morning and flying to the Not Coke that I'm 600? aware of. I think Larson's doing it next year. Kyle Busch may be doing it next year. Because I know Kurt Busch has done it recently. Tony Stewart done it. You know, uh, Jimmy Johnson. I don't think uh, he ever pulled the trigger Jimmy on did that. It. But, uh, you know, that's that's probably the most recent ones, Kurt Busch and Tony Stewart. Yeah. But I remember Stewart did it a few times, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Kurt might have done it a few times. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, next year will be that, which that would be a whole nother big story there but uh yeah looking forward to charlotte um let's talk about this fantasy stuff you want to we got some big news in the fantasy world too (laughs) now that we've got now that we've got the nascar business out of the way let's get to this fantasy business so let's talk about the elephant in the room yeah, go okay. ahead. I'll you want you me start. to do it or you want to do it? Well, I mean, I, I made a prediction three weeks ago, over three weeks ago. And what was that prediction again? And that prediction was after the Darlington race, Hunter would no longer be in first place. But it would take until Darlington. Yeah, he had a big lead there for a little while. Yeah, yeah. He was ahead of second place by 30 points at one time. Yeah. You know, so I made that prediction that it would take three weeks, which would be the end of Darlington, that Hunter would fall to second place. And I'll be damned. And what happened? Man, I'm I'm like three for three this year on making predictions. You are doing pretty good. You know, I <clears throat> predicted that one week that I'd jump up five spots, and I went from... And you jumped up exactly five exactly spots. Five I think you went spots. from, what, 12th to 7th or something yeah. like that? And, and uh, then I also predicted this past week that... Uh, Darlington would be a green-white checker. And that I one came true, too, yeah. I'm going to predict next week that I'm going to hit the Powerball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good move right there. Good move. So let's see. Let's Get the see. action while you're hot. <laughs> let's see what see what the man upstairs has in store for this old boy. <laughs> but Well, I uh, hope you do. I hope you make it four for four. I promise you that. Now, now Hunter... Hunter, who's dominated this whole season and dominated pretty much the last half of last season. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, the guy won it all. He's he's obviously doing something right. I don't know if he's got a magic lamp he's rubbing on. Or... He's got the sports almanac. Yeah. And so, I think he, he's had the lead except for, what, the first two weeks? I think. Yeah, maybe, and that's that's maybe. recovering from the Daytona 500, so right. everybody has that but trouble. But, yeah, Hunter, uh, Joe T., 
is in first place now with 104 points, and Hunter's eight points behind him with 112. Thank you, Joe T. I've never met Joe T., but I like him already. Right. I mean, if you're going to take a shot at the king, you better not miss, right? That's right. I mean, so. He did it. And he did it by picking a winner last last week at Darlington. So we have, just to go out and, and give a good shout-out to the ones that picked a winner, you got Joe T., who's now at the top of the list. He picked Byron to win. You got Sam. Sam's done great this year. He has. I mean. He's done really good. I know he, picked he, had a a, he had a rough season last year. You know, yeah, he was towards hurt. the bottom last year, if yeah. I remember right. But, I mean, Sam has really just just been on top of his game this year. Mm-hmm. He's right there in fourth right now. Yeah, and then you have Jason H., who moved up five spots by picking Byron to win. And the one that I want to talk about is Jason A., who I don't know what he's doing, but just a few weeks ago he was down towards the bottom. He was down in the 20-something range. You're exactly right. he picked, I think he's picked a winner like two out of three races or three out of four races or something like that. He picked Byron to win. Yeah, Mom, he's, look at mom, you know, Lou. And that's who I was getting ready. She's tied for ninth now. You yeah. know, here she was. She was in 25th. I think she was dead last at no, one point. No, Mike R has been a dead last. Oh, has he? Much so, so Lou was down there in 25th. Right. Okay. Mom, mom was down there in 25th, and here she is tied for ninth spot. And, I mean, she jumped up six spots. That's, know, that's, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. To go where she was at to where she's at now in just that short of time, that's pretty good. You're doing good, Mama Lou. Yeah, I mean, doing that's, good. That's the second second biggest accomplishment she's made. You know. Go ahead and tell us the first one. Raising me. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I knew it. <laughs> how's that a secret? You know. <laughs> I thought HR was the baby, though. He is. Okay. Yeah. H- HR. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that's that's mom's baby. Mom's baby always will yeah. be. Always has been. Um. I actually jumped up one spot. I'm kind of proud of myself for that, even though I I whiffed on picking Byron this week. But uh, maybe maybe next time I pick him, he'll uh, he'll do good for me. But I think maybe if we, I think maybe if we both just listen to our guts, because you know you whiffed on Byron and I whiffed on Kozlowski. You know, I mean, I think uh, Reddick ended up with a 22nd. He's back you know, there because yeah. that wreck. But if I'd have listened to the little man inside of me, I'd be sitting with four points Keselowski, so. Yeah, and that's what I've been trying to do more of this year is, is going with the gut rather than overthinking because overthinking just got me in last place last year. And so. that, that's that's what I think everybody needs to do because, I mean, it's it's only $50 to get in this. It's not life-changing money. Right, you and know, it, 50 bucks gets you a whole year, a whole year of, of fun. entertainment, you yeah. know, trash talk and fun. You know, I mean, it's it's pretty damn awesome, and yeah um you know we try to make it fun and affordable and entertaining for the common person you know yeah. there's there's leagues out there that cost 350 400 you know i mean i can't afford that no but it pays out better you know obviously but right. but you're also competing with probably hundreds of people well not possibly really either. not really either you know um they pay what they do, like um, a friend of mine, he runs one like that. What they do is they pay out, If like if you picked William Byron this week, if you picked him to win, you, you get 
$25. They put a side pot out there that every week, whoever finishes best gets so much money that week. So, I mean, if you win six races in a year, or even if nobody picks the winner and you get the best finish, like if I take, if I would have took Keselowski this week and he got fourth but nobody picked a guy that came in first, second, or third, I'd get the money for this okay. week. So, I mean, there's there's other formats out there, and a lot of people for, prefer some over others. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot to keep track of and everything like that. I just like to have fun for 10 months and... Cheaply. I, yeah, yeah. You know, 50 bucks. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, it's not going to cost me too much. Right. And, you know, I mean, I got five kids, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... Yeah. And and I noticed that one thing that this league has done it, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said many times, I'm a Larson and a Bush fan now, but sometimes this league has me cheering against my guy, yep. you know, and that's weird for me because I've never done that before well, until I got in this well, league. I mean, but like me, I got away from I got away from the Bush in the mid to late nineties. You know what I'm saying? I I just it just went away. You know what I'm saying? You didn't see it anymore, but. You know, now that he's matured, you know, I'm a fan of him. Yeah. You know? uh, but, yeah, that's what it'll have you doing sometimes. I mean, it. Just because just because of league standings, you know, I'm, I'm like. You got, you got skin in the game. Yeah. You know, Hunter picks Kyle Larson. I'm thinking, well, now i got to cheer against my guy this week, you know, and that's, that's weird to me, but, hey, there's a lot of pride in this league, yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know H.R. Scotty's. He won't let me live it down. I've been telling him for three weeks, I'm getting right past you, bud. Getting right past you. And I was like, right there. I was right behind him, like just a couple of points behind him. And he ended up picking, who did he pick last week? I don't remember. Uh, He picked Chase Elliott, who finished third. And then my Denny Hamlin laid an egg. Thanks a lot, Denny. Um, You said that on purpose, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, he finished 12th. Had I picked, had I went with Byron, who I wanted to go with, I'd still be one point behind HR. So, but I'd be in the top 10, but that's all right. To win a championship, you got to be in for the long haul, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's the way I've been looking at it the whole time. Turtle won the race, right? That's right. So. I've got two people I want to pass. Now, now what I don't know is, will Hunter fall any farther than second place? Josh is only three points behind him. Right. Josh has been on a roll this year. I think he's picked three winners. I think he's got three wins this year. You may be right. Uh, he, uh, Josh is he's been on top of his game. Uh, let me uh, let me pull up the archives here. Yeah. Pull up the ridingthewall.com. Ridingthewall.com. Going to the standings. Josh has. Six top fives. He's picked three winners. Yeah. Um, Jason A has picked three winners, and that's it. And we pay out to the person at the end of the season with most wins as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, you can make your money back just off yeah, picking just winners. Right there. I mean, you can be in dead last, but if you pick the most amount of winners, you got your money back. You just played for free for a whole year. Yeah. So. And what we didn't tell anybody 
is whoever gets last place what they got to do. Do you want to so, go ahead and break that news? No, we'll wait. Okay. We'll wait till midseason. We'll wait till after the All-Star race. <laughs> Mike R. is doing a pretty good job yeah. holding down that anchor spot. Right. <laughs> so that's going to be a entertaining challenge as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was just uh, going down looking through these standings. The points is so close. And that's what makes it interesting. You know, in this format that we have, it makes it so interesting that we're halfway through the season, and I'm sitting in 13th spot right now, but one good race, I could jump up seven or eight spots. Yep. I mean, it don't take much. Yeah. Right now. Or if you're, you could be top five, and you have one bad race, you could fall 10 spots, you know? So it's... Gotta love it. Yeah, it's interesting. I love it. Um, you know, and I think, I think, um, I think my son Eric, who's who, does all the social media, he does all the website stuff for us, and he's he's looking to play in this next year. Um, so he hasn't talked to me a whole lot about the NASCAR stuff, but I just know I can tell. By watching him, I'm waiting for him to say something. You know, I'm, I'm waiting, but uh, he hasn't yet. But I can tell that he's learning. You know, he's kind of taken this year to watch it, to learn, to see how we do things, and uh, so he might be able to use some of this stuff for next year. But uh, it's interesting to see that aspect of it. You yeah. know, and it's like you've said in previous episodes that just this league is just getting new people interested in nascar right and it's not about the payouts or the money or anything no. like that you it's, know it's loving the sport it's embracing i mean the nascar environment you know when we go to these races it's like it's like you're on another planet man i mean it's like you're surrounded by tens of thousands of people just like you yeah. you know what i'm saying and and you know i've said it how many times on previous episodes that we went to bristol for years now every every year and we've never seen a fight, you know, and there's so many people there. And, yeah. and, but that's what you love about the sport. I mean, we should have seen one fight last year, at least, when Chase cut Harvick off, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. We should have at least seen one fight. But we I didn't. was hoping to. Right, I was ready to fight. <laughs> yeah, you know? was. I'm still ready to fight over that, you know. <laughs> but it's, uh, man, I mean, it's just so much fun. It's, uh, we'll be back this year, of course. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not just a, uh, it's not just a sport to us. It's a, it's a lifestyle. We love racing. We've always loved racing. It's, it's not just NASCAR. It's dirt tracks. It's figure eights. It's go-karts, you know, and, and me, you and HR go way back on all that stuff, you know? Oh yeah. There's and, a lot of stories to tell about that. Right. <laughs> um, and I know there's a lot of people out there that don't even know what a figure eight race is, but wait till you hear the stories. Right. You know, I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, another thing I was going to say, we uh, going to Bristol this year. I'm going to have us some shirts, some riding the wall shirts, to either. I know we'll we'll probably have them on for a while. I don't know if we'll wear them all day, but we'll probably have them on for a certain amount of time during the day, but we may have some to, to give away also. 
to, you know, just people if, that come if, up and be, you, you know. You know what? That's what we should do. Because last year, Chad and I, we, we go to Bristol, you know, my, me and Chad and, and his wife, we go to Bristol together. Well, the first time we didn't we didn't have her. It was just right. me and you, and yeah, I, I didn't know if we were going to come home. <laughs> You've <laughs> talked about that too, <laughs> but uh, you know, last year we left Bristol undefeated in cornhole. Yeah. So we got there at six a.m. You know, the race don't start till six thirty p.m. Something like that. So we get there at six a.m. Basically, take a 20-minute nap, yeah. get out, start unloading the coolers, the grill. Jess fixed a fantastic breakfast on the grill. I mean, that's only happened once in my life. Yeah. And uh, she nailed it. But Chad and I left Bristol undefeated last year in Cornhole. We played all evening. Nobody beat us. So maybe this year, if somebody shows up that can beat us, they get a ride in the wall shirt. There we go. There we go. I like that. I like that. So we'll see what happens. Um, but and you know, uh, Liz Allison, who is Davy Allison's widow. Are you going to talk about this? A little bit. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to ask you about this because I'm, I didn't want to put this right, right. out there I'm, for I'm, everybody. I'm, I'm not going to. Okay. Get go into details, but go ahead. Uh, reached out to Liz Allison. I don't know how long ago, but everybody that listens to this podcast podcast knows that Davey's a huge, a huge guy in my corner. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to get into all the details or nothing like that. But this past week, going back and forth with her, I told her because she does she does podcasts here and there. Really? She's, she's an author. She's got numerous books out. Uh, smart. Just a fantastic woman. Smart, well, maybe we can uh, maybe and, we can have a podcast together sometime. You know, right. and, talk about and the old days. And this past week, I I told her I said, "Hey, Liz, if you ever get the chance, check out this podcast that my buddy Chad and I do together." And it's you know it's called Rod in the Wall. It's all about NASCAR and racing and stories. And and uh, I said, if you check it out, you'll listen to a few episodes and I randomly talk about Davy Allison, how important this guy was to somebody just sitting at home watching the sport as a young kid was, Yeah, you know, and how important it was, but maybe she'll get to check it out. So, you know, well, I hope she does. I hope she does. Cause those guys like Davy are why we are fans, right. you know, the Davy Allisons, the Alan Kowickis, the the guys that never really had the time to show their full well, they could show their full talent, but maybe it didn't. Maybe what I'm trying to say is it it their career didn't come to fruition, obviously. But right. but but you know, and another thing I I told Liz was uh, how special it was for a. You know, she was a young bride, a young mom, a young wife. You know, how special it was for her to share Davy with the NASCAR world. Because, I mean, a lot of wives, especially in their 20s and early 30s, would want that husband, that family, that, that, new, that new lifestyle to themselves. Which, rightfully so. Right. But how... 
how special and selfless that is for somebody like Liz to share Davy with the whole NASCAR world, you know, yeah. and not be selfish and not, you know, I mean, she, she put herself on the back burner so Davy could do what he loved to do. Yeah. And that that's awesome. I think it's incredible. I mean, and, and I think to go along with that, I think all the wives right. of these NASCAR guys just do not get enough credit for what they have to endure behind the scenes you know nobody knows what it's like to be a nascar wife and it's it's got to be hard especially you know it's it's one thing to be the wife of a driver who only drives on sunday but then you start getting wives of people like kyle larson who's out there driving Tuesday, six Wednesday, nights a Thursday, week yeah. it's like man when do you ever have i didn't marry you to be alone yeah you when know? do you ever have date night you know i mean I'm, I'm you gotta just, have that right i'm just a factory worker yeah. You know what I mean? And I get that from my better half, you mm -hmm. know, of, you know, you need to know when to come home. You yeah. Know, you need to know. And you're home six nights a week. It's just. I'm home. Sometime, well, sometimes what I'm saying is you come <laughs> home at a different time. Maybe some, you know, right. you might get home at eight o'clock. Sometimes you might get home at 10 o'clock. Sometimes right. you might get home at four, you know, but. Exactly. And, and you know. Just your average factory worker for me, and I know this from having friends in, in this and, you know, just everyday life, but, I mean, husbands and wives catch a hard time for being too involved with work. And for for these ladies to, to stand behind their man or stand beside their man even better uh, while they pursue their, their dream is, is amazing. Yeah, and it's appreciated. Hats off to all of them. You, you know, know. I, not enough respect is given to those ladies. Right, and the, and their kids. Yeah, you know, and the kids. You know, I mean, I'm sure they miss dad and everything like that just as much as moms do. But you know, it's uh, I mean, it's the, a totally different world that nobody would understand. Right, that you just that even guys like you and I, Chad, that that dreamed of being in that sport one day but how much hell are these guys getting because you know they're you know William Byron let's let's start right there this past Sunday when he won at Darlington he got out of his car and hugged his crew and took his helmet off and they asked him about his win there and he said you know what my grandpa died Thursday and I'm sorry I can't be with the family but yeah. I mean how How dedicated can somebody be, you know, and, and maybe they pushed, you know, his grandfather's funeral off till Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that, you know, so he could attend. But just, just for that four or five or six hours, not being with his family when they just took a detrimental loss is hard to, hard to step away from, yeah. but he did it and he went out there and won. Yeah, and we talked last week. You know, when I, I talked about Darlington's memories and Chase Briscoe, you know, him and his wife went through that terrible loss with a miscarriage, and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna go out there and win this race for that baby." And and he done it. You know, I mean, it's like it, it's so inspirational and it's so selfless. And I mean, it's you got to find that perfect person in this whole world that can stand beside you while you do that. And, and Liz was Davies. 
Yeah. You know. So. Yeah, like I said, those those ladies, and we don't even know what they go through. You know, we couldn't even imagine the lives, the personal lives of a driver or the wife or the children of drivers. <clears throat> but they have to be someone special. And to find that someone special that can tolerate that is is amazing. You know, you've won the lottery when you've done that. And to have that person is, is incredible, so... You know, some Lisa don't even like me going to check the mail sometimes because I don't come back to fucking eleven o'clock. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and you overlook some things like that. But, you know, and that's you know, I'm I'm laughing about that. We laugh about that, but it's not an exaggeration. So, you know, I mean, I've walked outside to go get something, and it's been five hours later. I'm sitting in the driveway drinking with some dude down the road. You know, right and. You know, it's it's just the way it goes sometimes, but we laugh about it sometimes, but there's also times when she's like, you know, your dinner's been on the table for three hours, you know, you going to come in and eat this or not? And, uh, you know, but I mean, all, all them women are special and we appreciate yeah. you and don't ever take for granted that you're, that you're not appreciated. Yeah. So. Definitely, I can't say that enough. You know, they don't get they don't get enough respect, or I don't know if I should say respect. I, I think that they don't get enough recognition right, for all the stuff that they word. put up with. Yeah, yeah. So we'll end it on that note. Um, to all the ladies of NASCAR, we appreciate you. Absolutely, keep Just, doing what you're doing. That's right, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Um, so that's our episode for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about Charlotte. Maybe, who knows, whatever happens at Wilkesboro this week, we'll discuss that. Yeah. And any kind of news that happens in between there. So, Right in the face. Right in the face. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week.